Hello, and welcome to ISRF's Private Equity Dealbook podcast series. I'm your host, Alana Margulies-Snyderman, and with me today is Dan Rainer, co-founder and managing partner of Argentum Capital Partners, a New York-based growth equity firm that partners with bootstrap entrepreneurs focused on B2B software and services company. Dan will share with us his outlook for investing in those sectors how, if at all, higher interest rates and the strong U.S. dollar has impacted the firm's ability to finance leverage equity investments in bolt-on acquisitions for portfolio companies, and how the economy has impacted the financial and operating performance of the portfolio companies. He will also share how the PE and growth equity community is approaching due diligence in the current economic environment And finally, he will give us recommendations and planning opportunities for emerging companies considering a potential growth investment or exit transaction. Hi, Dan. To start off the conversation, could you give us an overview of Argentum's differentiated investment strategy to provide growth equity capital to growth companies beyond VC stage, but prior to seeking investment from later stage PE firms? Sure. Well, you gave a pretty good description uh, of our firm as it is, but as you know, as you indicated, we do focus on capital-efficient bootstrap companies that have been able to grow beyond the, that that high-risk venture stage without raising lots of venture capital. So we seek to be usually, usually we're the first institutional investor in a company, even though they're uh, five to 10 million in revenues. And, you know, our approach is really to focus on those verticals where we have prior su- investment success and expertise and where we can really help the company grow. The companies we're backing are usually founder led. And, you know, we differentiate ourselves in the market, you know, frankly, by the check size we write. We're, we're, we're investing five to $15 million in companies and our sector of the private equity market is really now inundated with growth equity firms that have raised lots of money, billion dollar plus funds. So their, their minimum check size has risen to 30, 35 million plus. So, so we're, we're somewhat differentiated in the market in that we offer a uh, a source of capital that is, you know, is really tailored for those founder-led, bootstrap, capital-efficient companies that can scale with modest levels of capital. Very interesting, Dan. So it's clear we're in an interesting time in the economy, higher interest rates, a war, a looming recession. I could go on. So based on this, where does Argentum see opportunities that generate an acceptable risk slash rate of return model consistent with your operating guidelines and required limited partner returns. Yeah. So look, we we still think it's a great time to invest uh, in companies that are bringing differentiated solutions to the market. You know what has changed in in our market is certainly uh, there's been a valuation reset and and that's taking time for uh, companies to become, you know, investors sort of 
get acclimated to the new valuation environment uh, very quickly. It takes companies a lot longer. And so I think what you're seeing in the space is definitely a slowdown in transactions. You know, certainly the macro environments become more complex. Many people are predicting a, a recession. So, you know, in terms of what we're not investing is we're certain, you know, we're staying away from cyclical oriented businesses, but still, you know, it's really back to the basics, it, basics for us during a period like this is focus on mission critical solutions that deliver um, significant returns to to their clients. So, you know, that's all about reducing costs, particularly in areas, you know, such as uh, um, enabling companies to economize more on the use of labor, right? Labor's become very expensive. So, um, you know, we're, we're focusing and, and we have always invested in companies that are involved in digital transformation. So we, you know, we love investing in industries that have been slow to modernize, slow to digitize, and, and they're still relying on older uh, legacy technologies. And, and, and we think there are still great opportunities in spite of the environment. Absolutely, Dan. So as a follow-up question, like I mentioned, with higher interest rates and the strong U.S. dollar, how have these factors impacted Argentum's ability to finance leveraged equity investments in bolt-on acquisitions for portfolio companies? So, you know, we're not really investing in companies that export. And so therefore, the, the strong dollar, you know, hasn't really impacted the companies we're looking at. I mean, other than how it's impacted the macroeconomic environment in general, um, in terms of leverage, again, we're not a buyout shop. So we are not, you know, we're not leveraging our companies significantly. In fact, we're minority investors. So many of our companies have zero leverage. So, you know, now that said, some of our companies, you know, pursue buy and build strategies. But again, talking acquisitions, almost by definition, are highly accretive. And the, the higher cost of leverage really does, again, at the size of the, of the companies we're investing in, the size of the the tuck-in acquisitions that our companies would be making, it's really not changing things. In fact, it may provide for more uh, a greater supply of companies because those companies who may not be growing significantly understand that in this market, capital is more expensive. And so they may choose to, to, to sell, you know, to look for a buyer rather than to raise uh, private equity or, or growth equity to grow in, in a more uh, valuation sensitive environment. And Dan, as a follow-up question, how has the economy impacted both the financial and operating performance of your portfolio companies, as well as your approach to managing and further investing into these companies? I mean, generally, our companies have been doing quite well uh, in the current environment. I mean, there are a, a few of our companies that are in industries that have been hurt. You know, for instance, we have a couple of companies that are in the, uh, uh, are, are selling to mortgage lenders. That industry has certainly been hurt. 
But on the other hand, the solutions that are offered are actually even more germane uh, now if you can offer solutions that enable you to originate loans cheaper or process loans inexpensively. So, you, you know, uh, other than, you know, specific industries, our companies are doing really well. I mean, I think we are seeing and others in in, in my business, are, I think, are seeing the same thing that sales cycles in many industries are slowing and I think people are, you know, many companies are preparing for tougher economic times. I think there's some belt tightening that's starting. So, you know, for your average enterprise software company, particularly more horizontal applications, I think sales cycles are starting to lengthen a bit. But but we're focusing mostly on vertically oriented uh, software companies that are very industry specific. So depending on the industry, I you know, it, it varies. Uh, great, Dan. So let's shift gears a little bit and talk about the due diligence process. And given the interesting time we're in with respect to the economy, I wanted you to share your outlook on your due diligence process from all perspectives. Yeah, I mean, our due diligence process hasn't changed at all. You know, we're going to do a thorough due diligence. Uh, that's how we protect ourselves from making mistakes. And that that that's how we understand our companies better, frankly. I tell a lot of our, you know, our companies, when we're making an investment, that not only is the due diligence process required for us to validate the investment opportunity and the value we're paying, but it also enables us to really understand their company better and to be a better investor. You know, that said, I have heard in the market, particularly among, you know, the more aggressive buyout firms that that due diligence has returned, you know, probably nine months ago, deals were closing in unbelievably short amounts of time. I think what you're seeing is uh, for the due diligence period to lengthen. And, um, you, you know, again, people, are, you know, clearly if you're, if you're leveraging a, a, a company, you want to make sure that you're going to have the cash flow to pay that leverage. But again, that's kind of not our market. Great, Dan. And as a follow-up to that, what advice or recommendations do you have for emerging companies that are contemplating an exit transaction? Yeah. So I, you know, look, I, again, you know, I don't, NASDAQ's fallen 40% from its highs. Uh, you know, market's ver been very volatile. It's been better the last couple of weeks, but clearly valuations have come down. Um, in the public markets and, and the private markets have been slower to change, mostly because uh, not that deals are getting, you know, less deals are getting done. So I think there's less data points. You know, what I would say to companies is that the A or A plus companies are going to have no problem uh, closing uh, investments on very attractive terms. There's a lot of capital out there. And great companies are always great companies. You know, some of the, you know, companies that have a little more hair, a little more of a story, they're going to have bigger, bigger challenges in this market. The advice I would raise, and maybe this is a little self-serving given, given our investment strategy, but, you know, do a smaller raise. Instead of raising 30 million, raise 10 million and put more points on the board and continue your growth and 
you know, come back to the market, um, you know, in another year or two when the, when the market improves. I mean, we're seeing a lot of that where companies are basically uh, reducing, reducing the capital they're raising. Also, the market is not rewarding growth at all costs. They're, you know, the market now is rewarding managed growth, profitable growth. And so we've advised all of our companies to really focus on, if they're not profitable already, really getting themselves to profitability in a much shorter, uh, on a much shorter path. Dan, we've covered a tremendous amount of ground today and wanted to see if you have any final thoughts you'd like to share with us. You know, one thought I would say is, you know, for when a company is out looking to raise capital, you're probably going to have several alternatives. What I think is really essential is just like an investor is going to do due diligence on on the potential on the potential portfolio investment. Those companies should do uh, ample due diligence on their investor. It, It amazes me that more companies don't. We really encourage it. We think it's a great selling point for us, but but also it, it really lets both parties know a lot more about each other. And, you know, uh, when when you make an investment in a company, it's a marriage. It's not a long-term I mean, it's a five-year marriage, a seven-year marriage, a three-year marriage. It's not a lifetime marriage, but, you you know, you, you definitely want to know who you're in, you know, who is investing in your company. You want to make sure that they can add the value they say they can. Um, And you also want to have fun with them because you're going to be spending a lot of time. And uh, if you're not having fun, it may not be worth it. Absolutely, Dan. Well, I want to thank you so much for sharing your perspective with our listeners today. And thank you for listening to the Eisner Amper podcast series. Visit EisnerAmper.com for more information on this and a host of other topics. And join us for our next Size Amber podcast when we get down to business.